welcome in to the Potty Podcast Cinema uh, Podcast. And uh, it is August 9th, 2021. I can't believe it's in August already. It's, summer's flying by. Uh, but the good news about summer is that means big budget movies. One of which came out this weekend is Suicide Squad, which you get up to watch either at the theater, which I did, or on HBO Max, which I did. And <laughs> that's right. Enjoyed I did it both twice. Ways. Yeah, I, I liked it both times. It was it was great. A buddy of mine, we went and saw it at the theater. I dropped him off at home, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, I, I went back and watched it immediately after you dropped me off." I was like, "I'm just gonna watch the intro and then watch the entire thing all over again." <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, and it was it is so fantastic and so different. It was so James Gunn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just all of it was phenomenal. And what's crazy, it's it's, he said the studio gave him almost no pushback on anything he did, which is great. And uh, and he's he set up an entire universe for him, which with the spinoff already in the works, which is amazing. Um, and you know he want, he originally wanted Batista as Peacemaker. Yeah. Uh, but Batista said no for Days of, uh, or was it called Day of the Dead or whatever it is, uh, Army of the Dead. Uh, but man, he would have been he would have had a series too. <laughs> so uh so yeah so and and then Idris Elba was so good in this mm-hmm. uh you know you know he was originally cast to play uh what's it called uh, uh Deadshot whatever the uh yeah Will Smith he was supposed to take over for Will Smith yeah and they decided not to yeah well they just said he was so good they're like we want to be able to have him and Will Smith in a future movie together so we're going to create a whole new character for him just so we can have the two of them side by side in a future movie. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's, that's kind of cool. The, the idea of bringing him back and, and using him again. So, which in suicide squad is perfectly reasonable. You can just switch out characters like crazy because they put a different team together each time. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's kind of, I think that's kind of what James Gunn went for because if you haven't seen it, stop listening now. But I mean, from the first scene, they just start killing folks. I mean, right off the bat, they put together a team and you think, okay, this is, you know, they're going to be part of the big old movie. Nope. Killed them off right off the bat. Killed off Dr. Boomerang, which was delicious. And then just proceed to kill everyone except for Rick Flagg and uh, Harley Quinn. You know Harley's not going to die. She's got too much. There's too much investment in that IP. Uh, and then, but you think... Uh, well, actually, <laughs> it's funny you say that. So, James Gunn, uh, there's a there's a little snippet where James Gunn's like, so I met with DC and they said I had the full support to kill off anybody, literally anybody. And he said, so everybody was freaking out the whole time, getting the scripts, wondering whether or not I was going to decide to kill off Harley Quinn. So, which of course he didn't because he loves the character, but he had the green light to do it. Had he wanted to do it for the script, which is interesting to say the least. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that means for the future of the character. <laughs> Is that they're like, well, we're not going to be using her anymore. So if you want to, go ahead. Because uh, I don't think they made a lot of money. Wasn't wasn't Harley Quinn one of the first things to come on HBO Max? Or am I crazy? Birds of Prey. No, no, it was in the theater. Are you talking about Birds it, of Prey? Oh, yeah, Birds of Prey. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just didn't make any money in the theater, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they it, may not... Be well, it came cool. out... I think it came out in March. I'll have to go back and see when it came out. But it came out right before... It was right in that weird time of the pandemic when it was, like, in its infancy. 
And so I think a lot of people weren't going. And it kind of threw things off. But, I mean, you and I both saw it and loved it. I, I hope they make a sequel. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, it was just interesting to me that, that he had the authority to do it had he wanted to. I'm yeah. like, does that mean they're not planning on it? Because Margot Robbie did say, they asked her, like, are you going to be sick of playing the character? Are you willing to do any more or anything like that? She said, I want to play this as long as I possibly can. Good for her. Yeah. So it came out February 7th, 2020. So it came out February. First of all, February is not a great time for movies. January and February is usually a really, really slow time for movies. So it's kind of peculiar that, peculiar that it came out then. The only other one I could think of that's the same genre that did well is Deadpool came out for Valentine's Day. It did great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this came out. So this would have been before... Before the full-blown COVID started, because that was really towards the end of February is when it started I'm, heating up in, in the U.S. Yeah. But it could yeah, have I mean, affected overseas money big time. Yeah, I mean, we already knew it was a thing, though. I know that because my kid's birthday was February 20th, and we were already getting notices from, like, parents, like, two weeks out that uh, ain't no way we're going because <laughs> of COVID. Yeah. And so we had to cancel his party, like... By February 14th uh, because we already knew there wasn't going to be one so yeah we already knew COVID was a thing and there were mm. people that were already scared to go do anything so yeah it, it had to have crushed it, it yeah I guess dollars. so uh, and it got a 6.1 on IMDb which is way way too low this was a That's really the, fun movie it's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard yeah <laughs> the only, the, the, I would say there's a I, something I noticed in general when it's an all female cast is that there's a lot of trolls that get on and are like, I didn't want to, you know, I'm tired of the all-female move. Then why did you go see it, man? Yeah, why are you rating it? This isn't for you. Yeah. Stop it. My yeah. nan is also not rating this. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for her. It's not for you. Move on with your day. Yeah. yeah. What? I guess that's why they call it trolls. They got nothing else to do with living in their basement. But yeah, I just don't get it. Yeah, I really, because it was, I'm not saying it's a perfect movie. I mean, there's definitely some things that could have been changed a little bit here and there, but uh, eh, it I was, was fine with it. I liked it. I it was, enjoyed it all. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm just saying it, it wasn't a nine, but I would, I mean, an eight at least. Like, it was hilarious. It was well done. Uh, it made me care about characters that I really was not excited about seeing going into it. Are you talking about Suicide Squad or Birds of Prey now? Birds of Prey still. Oh, okay. But, uh, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, but Suicide Squad, my God, 9.5. <laughs> I, I gave it a 10. It gave me everything I wanted. It, like I could not stop laughing. I, th- I picked up jokes the second time that I missed the first time because I was laughing over them. Like, I, it, the action was great. It was over the top. I'm actually Everyone totally was, fine with the 10. Yeah, I'm totally yeah. fine with the 10. I, I was going to say, I, 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 always, I never say 10 for whatever reason because I'm always like, there could be something a little better. But no, this was, you're right. I mean, this is... There's nothing I was lacking still at the end where I went, I wish they had done this or I wish this had happened. Yeah. No, it was it was great. And and to James Gunn's own words, like they offered him they said, You have green slate on any characters you want to put in the film, not just the to kill, you know. Yeah. But like to put in the film, you can use anybody. And he's like, No, I want second tier villains yeah. across the board. Because he's like, There's something inherently tragic with you not even you being a villain but not even being great at that yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're not even a great villain. i thought oh god what a what a phenomenal way to put it and then uh eddie said on, on top of that they tried to go with the comic accurate original king shark who i thought stole the show yeah um 
and uh but which which was a hammerhead uh and they're like we tried <clears throat> he said the filming of it with eyes on the sides mm-hmm. and not being able to react to characters and follow it was just way too impossible so he's like i wanted to go with the dad bod great white <laughs> in the, and in the like, board shorts i love that he's just it, walking yeah, around dad, in board shorts it, dad bod in board shorts oh god that was phenomenal that was yeah i what was your best part of the movie? What was your favorite thing you had to say? Oh, man, there's so many, but one that, like, uh, my buddy and I went and saw it, and the one we kept joking about, <laughs> just pointed, you just pointed, hand. He's like, yep, yeah, that's your hand. And the way he sits back so confident, yeah, that's right, I got it right. I got it right. He was so <laughs> proud of himself. I don't know why. That's, yeah, there's so yeah. many good jokes that I just... It, the part where they're, they've got this whole plan to go save Harley. She comes up, what are you guys doing? We're doing a rescue issue. For me, I can go back inside if it, if it helps. <laughs> so you can still do it. Yeah, it's, there are so many good lines. Like, I, And every time I go back, it's like a new one I focus on. Something I did notice, which I, I thought was kind of neat. I don't know if this is intentional, but when they're stealing uh, the thinker from... Or stealing. When they're uh, abducting him from the strip club... Uh, the you know the big tough soldier guys are gonna stay and get arrested to cause a distraction when uh, polka dot man and rat catcher two are gonna escort him out and they're kind of nervous he says you guys aren't exactly the alphas are you but when you think about it, they are the they had the most alpha powers polka dot man's powers were insane so they had to kill him because you it would you saw what he did to that to Starro. The guard tower? Yeah, well, to Starro. What he did to Starro. Oh, yeah, you're right. And so yeah. he, he could have just sat there and done that the whole time. And you, so you, you couldn't have kept him around too much or the final scene would have been too easy. And then the rat catcher's got too much. She was the heart of the movie. She had so much heart that, of course, mm-hmm. she wouldn't abuse it. She would only use it when absolute necessary to its full potential. But, like, those two powers were by far more powerful than anybody else's on the team. And so I like that, how they really were kind of the alpha powers, but they weren't the leaders on the team. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I, I like the way they did it. I, I think James Gunn even called her really the secret main character mm-hmm. in a way, uh, like you say. And, and there was a, a thing, I don't know if you saw too, where he was talking about uh, Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie. And, you know, people like, is she going to be the main character? And they both were like, no. No, they both agree. They're like Harley Quinn works way better when she's a side character that can that can alter the course of the narrative story in crazy and insane, unexpected ways. Yeah. But not necessarily be the main character. Yeah. Um. And so, and they both liked that, and agreed with each other on that's how they wanted to see her in this show going forward. So I I thought I remember thinking going into it, it's going to be interesting because she's had her own solo movie. She's the biggest star in there. I mean, I guess you could argue it, Idris Elba, but she's really kind of the biggest star yeah. in the show. People love Harley Quinn, yeah. and I wondered how are they going to juggle screen time and handle all that. And uh, yeah, I thought they did it beautifully. I even liked the way because they kind of like hinted at like a little more than the friendship with her and uh, uh, Flag's character. Um, yeah from the first movie mm-hmm. from the original suicide squad, they started canning it. It was going that direction maybe. And in this one, there was, they kind of hinted at that a little bit with like little looks and smiles and stuff that she didn't do to other people. I thought that was cool. And then, uh, and then he died. Uh, I'd like to have seen a little more reaction out of her when he died or did, was she even, she wasn't even there. Like no, she, she wasn't there. She didn't see him die. I was shocked. Yeah. At it. I was shocked when they killed 
uh, flag. Because my thinking through the movie was, okay, what's going to happen is each one of these flag will be the central one to take them in and out. And then they'll just keep replacing the people around him and probably keep Harley. And then they'll just kind of replace everyone else as needed. But they killed him. And I was shocked by that. But it made sense at the end. When he figured out that Waller was just using them after they had, they had te- you know, done testing on kids and stuff like that, he was done. Like, that, had, that was the last straw. And so they kind of had to get rid of him. Otherwise, he was going to be a foe to Waller. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and but the whole crew that was that survived was let go. That was part of the deal. At the very end, was was uh, everybody that survived got to be let go. I, I don't know how they go about getting the things out of their necks, but <laughs> yeah, but somehow somehow they were let go. So that's that's good news. Um, and then I, I really hope we see more of the King Shark. How about you? Oh my God, it was so. And when Ron Funches in the Harley Quinn show, oh, yeah. when he raised the bar so high. I was like, yeah. there's no, like, there's, I don't know how anyone's going to be able to, to top that. And I didn't top it, took it in a different way, and was just as yeah. great in its own way. Exactly right. That, that's exactly how I felt. You can't top Ron Funches. <laughs> but uh, Sylvester Stallone, the way he did it was, God, that was, that was beautiful. And just the limited vocabulary. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he was, he, I was laughing the whole time because he was very clearly the Hulk through the whole thing. Yeah. You know, I, I talk like this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not, not a, English, and then even at the very end, as they're as they're fat battling the big bad, uh, just always characters like you know Hulk smash. He's like uh, King Shark. Nom 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 nom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean it's the same cadence and everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's perfect because he is he is the heavy. He's, yeah. he's their heavy for this group. And uh, oh, I I can't say enough good things. Uh, but but my favorite portion of this whole movie was just. Uh, uh, the whole setup and and then Harley Quinn uh, saying to what is Bloodsport mm-hmm. saying to Bloodsport, uh, I'll I'll be your I'll be your uh, I'll be your friend Milton. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's not Milton. Yeah, uh, after after Milton dying, yeah, you know, I'm clearly not Milton. We just had a conversation about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was so phenomenal. Uh, how yeah, how she just doesn't care about anyone on the team all the way through the end. Doesn't even know their names. Yeah. <laughs> So no, great! It's everyone did such a fantastic job. I mean, it, it's a really solid cast, so you knew it would be. But like, everyone did a good job, and I gotta say, John Cena killed it as Peacemaker. He was so yeah, he funny. I can't wait to see that spinoff. And also, Daniela Mel- Melchior, Mel- Melchior, she played Ratcatcher too. And yeah, this was her first English language movie that she'd ever been in, and she was phenomenal in it. She really was. Yeah. They- they found just the, per- I mean, they found the perfect ways of keeping it serious, keeping stakes high, making things dark, letting the characters stay who they are through the whole movie, and yet still somehow infusing heart through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And she was a big part of that. Um, but but really, all of them like had had an emotional journey from the beginning to end, which is amazing. It's amazing that they're able to do that uh, with the weirdest characters you've ever seen. And then at the same time, throw in characters like TDK, who were just hilarious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with Nathan Fillion dying as he's, his body's writhing and screaming on the beach, but his arm, as his arms are being shot yeah. <laughs> 100 yards away. <laughs> that was so great. Yeah. No, it was... Yeah, there was not, there was not a bad 
there was not a bad moment. I mean, from the very beginning, like it starts and you are locked in until the very end. And that's all, you, I mean, you're investing in the characters, you're investing in what's going on. It was fantastic. Um, yeah. What, and somebody should have checked if the weasel could swim. Yeah. <laughs> somebody should have checked. Well, that was one thing I loved because between that and then not, you know, um, Bloodsport having uh, a fear of rats and like no one knows. Like, at, it's funny because in the first Suicide Squad, like, all right, we're going to try this experimental thing where we grab all these people and we try to we try to put together something. Whereas by this point, you could tell it was just a machine. Like, they were just filtering people in and out and everyone was just so lazy. It was so commonplace for these guys to like just join up and die. Like, you know, they're taking bets on them. Like, it's it's so impersonal at this point. It's just, you know, it's just a good day, day at the office. It's not even a big deal. So Well, yeah, because she said the savant in the opening scene, uh, just like last time, you know, she says that comment to him, like, he's already done this once. Yeah. So this was a different team from to join. But despite the running away and screaming that was absolutely hilarious, oh, he'd, obviously, he'd obviously participated at least once before and, and been okay. It just, it wasn't set up to be a bloodbath trap at the beginning so yeah uh yeah. and i gotta say idris elba huge step up from will smith god i mean not even close miles miles better and that that and then you know how many people the biggest fan service he gave out of the whole thing was letting pete davidson get shot in the face right at the beginning <laughs> <laughs> fans enjoyed that way too much <laughs> that was that was pretty good um yeah i can be honest i i want to see idris elba with his own with his own, like, I hope they continue with Bloodsport, actually, because I think that's perfect. I was, but I would say, he, 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 I want him to have his own character that keeps going. Because Suicide Squad feels like it's a one-off. We don't even know if there's going to be any more after this, just because the the kind of roller coaster existence it's had. And mm-hmm. so I, I hope they continue with it, but it doesn't really understand how he would be in Suicide Squad, because he said, we're all free or I let this video, video go. And we don't even know what's going to happen with Amanda Waller. Her team turned on her. So, I'm yeah. intrigued to see if they do any more of these. I hope they do, but I mean, they can put them in other movies too in an interesting way. Like, I, like I would, I would be very disappointed if they don't somehow work King Shark and Aquaman too, right? <laughs> I mean, like, there's an obvious way for him to show up, yeah. and uh, could be just for a hilarious one-off joke as a cameo, or, or you know what I mean, or, or yeah. Or, what have you. But yeah, same with some of these other characters. They can work their way into other DC shows flawlessly. And and also, I want a Javelin uh, spinoff. A Javelin spinoff? <laughs> Prequel. Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen that guy in real life? Flula Borg? Oh my god, he's hilarious. That's the only thing. I've never seen him in anything other than this, I don't think. Oh, you, you need to. Okay. It is. Well, you will laugh hysterically. In what? The what? What would you suggest I watch him in? Uh, well, he does comedy. Uh, well, I like comedy. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch a comedy. Yeah, just just type his old name in the in the old YouTube. Is he there. a stand-up comedian? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? He, he does. He does do that. Okay. Uh, Flula, Flula, Borg, Flula Borg. I think right. Yeah. 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 He his. Well, you're saying uh, I need to watch him. What should I watch him in? Yeah. I... I I'll try to find it. I'll, I'll find some stand-up helpful. comedy, but that's what I would see him in. Uh, I, I know he's in other things because he has—he just has this hilarious German accent that he does with his with his uh, well, comedy. Well, he's German. He was, yeah, he, he's Ziegler in Archer. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. But uh, so you've heard that, but the rest is mainly voices. Like he does a lot of voice acting, and then he does comedy. So. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, he was good in that. Um, David, oh, man, I'm so bad at saying his name. David Dasmelchian. Yeah, Did yeah. Right? I think that's how you say it. It's good enough. Okay. Uh, he was fantastic. Small chain. Yeah, he was fantastic because that was that is not an easy character but he did very well i love how it, it kept going back to showing his point of view and it's everyone's his mom <laughs> <She's>... <laughs> yeah. uh, oh my god yeah i want to know who played his mom because she did a great job by the way i gotta she she did she yeah <laughs> the dan the dance scene was it was almost as good as the starro turning into his mom scene i i don't know which is better i, I really don't but uh yeah lynn ash lynn ash has played him she's georgia born actress uh she was in she played carol in doom patrol i don't remember that carol yeah i don't remember a carol in doom patrol why do i remember she's been in doom patrol brockmeyer uh little things here and there yeah stranger things good for her she's in stranger things i mean she's in the little parts here and there okay you said lynn ash Lynn Ash, yeah. L-Y-N-N-E-A-S-H-E. Lynn Ash. Okay. I don't don't remember at all. No, I don't recognize it at all, but she was great in that. Good for her. Uh, so I gave it a 10, you gave it a 10. Or you gave it a 9.5, correct? Yeah, I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll leave it a 9.5 just because right. I don't want to change it now. <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot of work. <laughs> uh, IMDb gave it a 7.6. <laughs> That is dumb. Yeah. I mean, it, everybody's allowed their opinion, but a lot of people's opinion are wrong. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely ridiculous. There's there's no there's no excuse for that. That's just dumb. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... There's literally nothing more they could have done to make this movie any better. It, it was that good. Yeah. If you read some of the reviews they have, that's after... That's with 80,000 reviews. If you read some yeah. of the reviews that were on there it's some of them just don't make sense like uh, people they gave like it gave it a one like even if it wasn't that bad and some of them <laughs> this movie is definitely so much worse than the first one there's no way the first one was so but there's people that enjoyed the first one and i don't get that i didn't hate the first one i just could tell no i hated it i, I guess i guess as you say i enjoyed the bones of it i just figured i feel like they could have i felt felt the story was nonsensical i think it was just all over the dang place i just i enjoyed the bones of it i liked the idea of a motley crew i liked the way a lot of the players play you know people the actors played the parts yeah so there were things like that there were some funny moments but yeah the action at the end was dumb the a lot of the things were just kind of thrown all all about the place and found out at the end i think we were reading this a couple of weeks ago um right before this one came out uh we all know that uh, the David Ayers is like renounced. Yeah, you know, even asked his name to be taken off that movie. Yeah, uh, they said they changed it so much. They said they cut, you know, a half hour to forty five minutes of his footage. Added uh, two weeks of reshoots. They got a different director to come in and do, um, and all mainly because they. I think they it was. Said like, I think made... it was ten weeks. I think it was ten weeks of reshoots. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, that might have been ten weeks, and and all because what they did was he had done an emotional war drama. Um, but with humor and, but they said they decided they wanted it to be a comedy, like a flat out comedy. And so they complete, they're like, we like what you filmed, but we're going to completely change the tone and the direction of the entire movie. Uh, and then cut all the important scenes and add our own scenes <laughs> that yeah. don't follow it at all. And so, yeah. So yeah, I can totally see why it 
was terrible. So, yeah, I enjoyed the bones, but this movie complete. Oh, my God. This was night and day. Double the score. It was so good. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm reading some of these some of the ones and twos. But I mean, there's a lot. There's some fives. I don't understand like three. I don't I don't get it. it <laughs> you know, so there's stupid. there's also trolls that I've seen that are blind Marvel fans that downvote all the DC things oh and God, blind DC fans so that downvote stupid. all the Marvel stuff. Why? So you're they, just they, Marvel doesn't care about you. DC doesn't care about you. That's that's what I'm saying. They don't even care that much about each other. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> they, good point. they don't even see each other really as, you know, well, uh, no, Marvel DC sees Marvel as a rival. Marvel has no rival. Yeah, it really does it. But, but like DC and Marvel both told all the actors and directors, absolutely work on both. We don't care. Like this yeah. is our own things. Like one one of us is not going to live or die based on what the other does. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, I ridiculous. But uh, but Peacemaker was phenomenal. Yeah, um, that's what I'm. It's supposed to be in the. There's two spinoffs. I think they said there's coming from this, right? I know Peacemaker's one because and you see the yeah. after and the end credit scene alludes to that, which I think was afterwards. They just saw how good John Cena was in it, and they're like, oh, we got to give him an after credit scene because when he dies, I don't know, he died pretty hard. Uh, I was shocked when they, like, I was like, well, maybe it'll be a, a pre, a prequel, but no, they're like, oh no, we saved him. Oh, okay, good for you guys. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so the first, yeah, the first one we know that's happening, like you said, Peacemaker, could be interesting because, uh, so the girl that was a blonde woman that uh, helped kind of take over when they knocked over, knocked out Amanda Waller. And she shows up the, at the end with Peacemaker and Steve G's character. Jennifer Holland. Jennifer Holland, yeah, yeah. plays Amelia Harcourt. Yeah. So Harcourt, I was just bored and looked it up the other day, uh, is actually a major character in the comics. That makes um, sense because Jennifer Holland's got an up-and-coming actress, and that seems odd to just stick her in a no- nothing role. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so Argus is like a big, it's like their shield mm-hmm. in the comics. Uh, I had to look these things up because I don't know. Uh, but uh, she's an Argus agent that was like secretly watching Amanda Waller in Task Force X. And she helps helps Deadshot kill Amanda Waller. So I wonder if in a third one, if it starts out with something like that, because Deadshot hates her, right? From the first movie, mm-hmm. which is Will Smith's character. He's coming back. So that'd be interesting if they, if they kill her off. Because um, she's probably got one more movie left in her and that's it. Well, I don't know, because I, I was also interested. And I looked up, I thought it was going to be, um, I didn't know the person's name, and I've not seen the actress before, but her name, the actress is Tanashi Kajisi, and she plays a character called Flo Crowley. And she's the one that kind of seems like she takes over after she knocks out Amanda oh, Waller. Yeah, yeah. So Flo mm-hmm, Crowley yep. is the, uh, the, in the comics, the younger cousin of Amanda Waller. And apparently she's supposed to be optimistic, rebellious computer operator and uh, looks up to her, to Amanda Waller, and but and wants to go on the missions or Amanda Waller won't ever let her. And then she's killed on Apocalypse. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So they could be moving on from, which honestly makes sense because it's, I mean, if you're going to get Viola Davis every single time and she got progressively more and more evil, like, I mean, Amanda Waller is not a good person. She's, she is. I mean, she in the comics, she's not good, 
but like her and Batman have worked <coughs> together before. Her and Superman have had to, and she's just that she rides that line between good and evil. And so, I, okay, they could see like Steve, Steve G, Tanashi, Kajisi, and Jennifer Holland kind of taking over for that for that area. I don't or, or over for um, Argus, I guess is what you Viola Davis's department, whatever that's going to be. So, I well, interestingly, Robert Patrick has been cast in Peacemaker, along with Steve G and Jennifer Holland. Uh, Jennifer Holland, as mm-hmm. you said, um, they do describe her as taking a leap forward in her role, and then, and then, yeah, like you said, uh, the, uh, if you look on online, like there's like a wiki for DC and stuff like that. Yeah, it does say. In comics, Harcourt becomes the appointed director of Suicide Squad after Amanda Waller is relieved. Mm, okay. Interesting. In the comics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but uh, but could. It could. So, uh, I like Robert Patrick. I think he'll be... Yeah. He'd be an interesting person who's handling... Uh, what's his name? Or, or being like a former... Oh, former maybe trainer. the father to John Cena. Uh, could be, could be like his former, oh yeah, because his dad's the one that, that beat him and him. trained yeah. him, yep, uh, yeah, they said he was a hard, hard ass, basically, okay. uh, and raised him from, from birth, yeah, that would make sense if he was his father, do you know Peacemaker's real name, I don't even know, uh, I don't, but I looked up Augie Smith, who is, uh, who Robert Patrick's been playing, on the DC wiki and I didn't get much it just says Augie is described as a strongly opinionated vulgar small small town racist who is powerful and cunning okay what's his last name uh Smith okay yeah Peacemaker's real name is Christopher Smith okay so yeah that makes sense that ended up being his dad we we did it we solved it Dan all right we'll see you guys tomorrow (laughs) uh all right so this movie I gave it a 10 you gave it a 9.5 uh the next movie which you were supposed to watch uh, I saw on Thursday, and I, I gotta be honest, I, I don't know the last movie I gave a 10 to before Suicide Squad, so it's kind of a big deal that I saw two 10s in one weekend. Wow, wow. Yeah, I That's, didn't want to tell you because wow. I wanted you to walk in with your own beliefs, but you were kind of screwed that up, now, didn't you? <laughs> I guess I did. Yeah. I tried to go to the Green Knight. I was getting ready to go to the Green Knight, got all dressed, got pizza-fied. And then my wife said, you're taking the kids with you. I was like, what? <laughs> so I ended up seeing Jungle Cruise. Wah, wah. Yeah, that's not exactly <laughs> a 10. But was uh, a so big hard turn. This one, you and I have both been looking forward to. I mean, the cast is fantastic. Uh, Deb Patel, Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton, uh, but uh, Sean Harris, Kate Dickey. But it's really just basically De- Deb Patel. Everyone else is just kind of, he's the son. Everyone else is kind of orbiting. In this movie. I got the feeling everybody else would be in like five minutes a piece of it, and it was more of a Dev Patel journey and story. It but, is, uh, yeah, and yeah. So I didn't really know much going into it. I didn't really want to learn anything. I wanted to kind of go in with fresh eyes. Um, Don't spoil too much. I'm not going to. Uh, okay. But after seeing it, it's one of those movies that I feel like you could watch it ten times and pick up something new every single time because there's a lot of symbolism. Um, there's a lot of things where now that I know what the story is. I can go back and appreciate things, appreciate the little things from the beginning more. I also went back okay. and read some some stuff about it. And I will say one thing I didn't even, I, I guess, I mean, I, I guess I should have known because it's Galway, but it's, you know, it's got some, you kind of want to know some lore about 
King Arthur, the guy King that Arthur. pulled the sword yep. from the stone. So basically what it is is Sean Harris plays King Arthur. He's old, and this is this happens in the first five minutes. They get to the story real quick. Uh, he's old. He doesn't have an heir. His nephew is uh, Dev Patel, and his sister is... They never say it. It's just mother, but it's... Um, oh, what it was the the witch that was always at odds with Arthur. Uh, Morandra? Boriana? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember what it, what the what the witch is, but basically Morgana. Morgana is that's always in it. Yeah. That's it. Morgana, and even shows like I didn't even realize because they don't mention it, but they show Merlin, but they don't really ever say who oh. it is. It just says magician. And no spoilers. They, no spoilers. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a spoiler. It doesn't really affect anything. But there is magic in this, of course, and. It's just, yeah, it's it, talking tree. I got yeah. that. <laughs> but it's a hero's journey. And giants in the trailer. Yeah. yeah. It's a hero's journey, and it's, man, the acting, of course, is amazing. I, I would put this up there for best actor, for best for best movie, too. Um, I already went through, I think, in our for our yearly award shows for ours, I already put in the Green Knight for some of the, some of the categories. It was fantastic. I... I can't wait to see it again. And every small character, not small, yeah, small character that shows up along the path is a good actor. Um, yeah. And you'll be like, oh, that guy. Oh, that lady. Oh, you, you know, you know them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was blown away. It's not going to be for everybody. It, I mean, IMDb gave it a 7.4, which is an 8.4 in real people terms. But I still, I don't know what, I was just enthralled like in the first couple minutes i'm like what the hell is this gonna be because it's a it's shot very weirdly like this is not like any movie i've seen before and within the first 10 15 minutes i was in the movie like i was i was hooked in but then when i left i heard after the ending there was a lot of people they were like there were some people like what i don't you know there was some confusion there were some people that liked it I mean, there was one guy that was very vocal about his confusion, but he showed up with, you know, no sleeves on to a movie theater, which seemed odd. So, <laughs> take that for what it's worth. But Yeah, yeah, that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and he's going to complain about the complexities of the movie. Yeah. yeah. I gotcha. Well, I mean, the complexities of sleeves slow him down, so I can understand where his confusion would come in. Yeah, surprised he didn't have his head out one of the sleeve holes. Uh well, you know, I, I fully expect it to be a good movie, and Dev Patel seems to know how to pick his script. Yeah, uh, at least some quality and 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 understanding the directors and the abilities of the directors. Because like I, I didn't love Lion, <laughs> but I understand that it was good. It was just not for me because it was so depressing. Yeah. Uh, but but he picked a good script and had a great director. Yeah, I think this is going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I was really disappointed to get to see it already, but uh, I'll be seeing this very soon. Yeah, you messed up. You need to go see that as soon as possible. <laughs> you mean Jungle Cruise wasn't an improvement? Yeah, so Jungle Cruise. Uh, we talked about it a little bit uh, last week because I, I had seen it. And uh, and we talked about how it didn't do very well. But you had to take the kid. Boy, I mean, it's fine. It, it was a very family-friendly action adventure. And I, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. I didn't have a problem with it. Like, it, it was an enjoyable movie. And... I mean, you've seen it now, so you know the the twist where uh, the Rock ends up being the you know he's one of the cursed people and he's lived there forever and he built the city and yeah. all that. 
Uh, San Francisco. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. I never would have guessed that a Spaniard would have come to Mexico and had an American accent, or South America had a Me- uh, you know American accent. I would not have seen that coming. <laughs> but uh, well, well, I feel like it could go away over through four hundred years. Not <laughs> to American, accent. not to American. I can understand if he went to like a Brazilian or something, you know, wherever they were, Argentinian accent, but an American one seemed odd. But whatever, it's well, a it's a Disney. Listen, Disney. man. Yeah. He had a brilliant line of dialogue where he said. And I've geared my my look and, and feel and company towards American tourism. So he he, he knew what he was doing. It oh, was did they say that? Okay. Line line of dialogue, Dan. It solved all the problems in the movie in one sentence. It was perfect. You know what? I, okay, <laughs> fair enough. You know, what? I didn't even notice that, but fair enough. I I I, I appreciate that they at least addressed that a little bit. Um, <laughs> they did. I mean, it was a fun movie. I thought it was enjoyable. I you know because the bar. The ruler for all measurement for these movie, for these Disney kind of movies is uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Black Pearl. They're all going to be judged against that, So, and which is tough because I would say for what that tried to be, that was a 10 because it was trying to be a fun action family Disney movie. Yeah. And no, I, that was a great movie. Yeah. Was, the first one was a great movie for what it was. Yeah. The rest were garbage, but that one was fantastic. And this was you know, not that as good as that, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was great all the way up until I feel like at the very, very end, all the action got a little bit convoluted as to what the whole purpose of what they were doing was. Like, like my kids, like, so wait, why are they doing this one thing at the very end? I'm like, you know what? Lost track. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> like, but just enjoy the action. For yeah. Me. Uh, but yeah, Emily Blunt was phenomenal as always, uh, and Dwayne, yeah, Dwayne Johnson did a great job. I gotta admit, I didn't, I didn't expect him to be. Francisco, uh, yeah. I didn't put that together. I thought that was fun. Yeah, uh, because I was very annoyed and angry when he fell down like nine, you know, nine tree stumps and yeah. then breaks his fall on a giant rock and falls in the river. And I'm like, they're gonna act like he's so strong, he's okay. Oh, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> you know, and John Wick all over again. And uh, and then you find out that it's because, yeah, of course he can. He's he's already dead. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I'm like that. That made me go from really starting to hate the movie in like one minute roller coaster to oh twist. Okay, all right, good for you, Disney. I didn't see that coming. Uh, no, I and Jesse Plemons was phenomenal. Yeah, as uh, as uh, the prince, very uh, over the top in a fun way. Very over the top. Uh, but but yeah, but I was fine with that. Yeah, I, I and that never brushed up against me at all. Like I, I thought, oh, I, I like this over the top prince's son like i don't know i I enjoy that character but uh yeah i there will probably be more what do you think yeah uh, well i don't know it did so poorly that's the thing but i don't know what the what will be the the barometer for success now because we've seen this with black widow with jungle cruise with suicide squad like a lot of people aren't going to theaters so how well will it do like are you know how what what's considered successful now yeah it's you know i mean that's the big question so now after this weekend it's hit uh 65 million in sales uh domestically uh another 56 million overseas so it's at 120 million plus now they've got 45 million in uh uh rental you know dvd whatever you want to call it streaming costs yeah um so it's like 150 160 million dollars um the production and promotional cost on this was 360 uh yeah 
Yeah, and they it's only made one sixty five. So yeah, they're they're two hundred in the hole at the moment. Uh, so that hurts. Uh, but you're right. What is successful? Because as of right now, um, that's still one of like the top three most successful movies of the year. So you know, after Black Widow and what was the other one? What was the biggest one? Black Widow. Suicide Squad and then Jungle Cruise. No, not Suicide Squad. King Kong. King Kong. Okay. Uh, That was like number two. Uh, Yeah. So that's it. (laughs) So yeah, it's like number three, you know, of the the new era. So I would think it gets a sequel. I just will be very surprised to see how much, like, do they treat it as its own film? You know, say... It would be two years before a sequel comes out, right? Yeah. So 2023, assuming everything is fully back open and there is no such thing as COVID anymore, and <laughs> no reason that nobody's going to go to the theaters. Um, do they treat it as its own project and entity and go, and go for it as uh, we're starting from zero? We'll put 150 million in it. We'll make 200 million and go. Or do they say, all right, we got to make up some of the 200 million we lost. So we're going to give you an $80 million budget. <laughs> And try to try to pull you know some money back to make up for our loss in the previous film. Yeah. So uh, so I, I I'm really interested to see how all these sequels because oh Hitman's Bodyguard we talked about things like that okay. like you know those kinds of movies do they try to make up for what they lost uh, or in the sequels or do they treat it as a brand new movie and and you know given the production budgets they all would normally get that that's what's going to be interesting to me is is how they handle all that because I'm betting we get a lot of low budget sequels. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I I don't know how this is. I don't know what will end up becoming of the uh, you know of all of these where it's just not being able to do well. Also, with things starting to, with cases starting to spike with the Delta variant, uh, more especially in Texas. Uh, well, and you've seen like L.A., New York, they're having you know mass mandates even if you're been vaccinated. What's gonna happen with all the movies that are supposed to be coming out still? Like, James Bond already got pushed back a year and a half. It can't get pushed anymore. Like, are, the, are they going to get pushed? Are they just going to let them out? Are they going to sell them to streaming serv- you know, services? What's going to happen to it? I know the Broccoli family very much does not want uh, the Bond movie to get sold to a streaming service. It might even be con- uh, contractually obligated not to. So I, it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening with that. Because I think we're gonna about to go through another... Not as bad as last time, but uh, somewhat of a uh, another downturn into the of a shutdown. pandemic. Yeah, yeah, and and here's here's another one that really interests me. So, what if <laughs> HBO Max was right? Okay, what what if I uh, I know people who who don't have Disney Plus right now. They found ways to stream, download illegally. I hate to say it, but it happens with people uh some uh uh of the disney plus shows like 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 oh, i'm only really into the marvel and maybe the mandalorian i don't need a disney plus so i don't want to pay seven dollars a month for this service yeah uh if they had gone up front at the beginning and said we're gonna we're gonna stream black widow uh jungle cruise um mulan some of these other shows you know the, uh, the eternals uh all for free on Disney Plus, if you're a member, no thirty dollars search or fee, but uh, we're going to do it for free if you're a Disney Plus member. How many more people would have paid for the service? And and once they've had it for a year, 
you know, now you've got Marvel series coming out every other month, Marvel movies coming out every other month, Star Wars series coming out three times, four times a year. You know, we got Boba Fett coming this year. How many people would have stayed with it and made a consistent, you know, hundred bucks a, a year off of each one of these people? Yeah. Like, would they have made more money by giving it away for free than holding out and then losing $200 million at the box office? Yeah. I mean, I know I canceled my, I mean, after Mandalorian came out, I stuck around for a little bit, but I canceled. I was like, there's not, bro. there's the Jeff Goldblum show, which I don't even know if they came back for the season two, and then Mandalorian. And I was like, this isn't even worth it. Like, I'll just, for Mandalorian, I'll, we were doing watch parties at a friend's house anyway, so I'll just do that again. I don't really need Disney Plus. I don't, it's good if you have kids. I don't care. But would you have paid seven ninety nine a month knowing you're getting Boba Fett this year, Mandalorian season three this year, uh, WandaVision, Loki, What If, Black Widow, Eternals, Jungle Cruise, you know, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, yeah. <laughs> Ms. Marvel, Hawkeye, and and uh, there's a third one, and, and Shang-Chi, uh, knowing you're getting all those for free by being, you know, not free, but you know what I mean, yeah. for being a member. For that, yes, seven, I would have. For would... $7 a month, you'd been like, dude, I have paid, you already named four movies I was going to go see and pay $20 a piece for, so I already made my money back. Yeah, the only thing with the Marvel movies, I'm going to see those at the theater anyway. The shows are different. The shows are different. I have to go, you know, I have to watch those with people because I don't have the Disney Plus, but... But how fun would it be to see it the next day for free, though? Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, Net, Netflix is not really challenging me. My the, the price they pay and they keep raising. So I, it probably would have pushed me over to to Disney Plus because I'm only I'm limiting myself to three streaming things at a time and that's it because I'm not paying I'm not buying all these different streaming services. I don't know what you're thinking Paramount Plus, but you ain't getting it. So I would have gotten off Netflix and would moved over to Disney Plus. Yeah, and I'm just saying, how many more people? You know, cause, so HBO Max just said up front they they went you know what we're gonna lose money on every single Warner Brothers film this year. We're going to lose money. We're going to lose tons of money. Uh, like I said, Jungle Cruise, you and I are talking right now. We're, we're going into week three. Usually you've made 80% of your money by now. They lost $200 million. Yeah. I don't know what Black Widow lost, but I know it's over $100 million. Yeah. Um, if if isn't Warner, and Warner Brothers went, we're going to lose a billion dollars <laughs> this year due to all these this slate of movies. You know what? We just launched HBO Max. Let's just announce January 1. If you sign up for HBO Max, you're getting every single Warner Brothers movie for free on here. I know tons of people right now that have HBO Max that I know for a fact if that hadn't happened, they wouldn't have signed up. Because uh, they were just like, oh, another streaming service? I just got Disney Plus for the kids, and I already had Netflix, and I have Amazon Prime. I don't need HBO Max. You know, uh, I'll pay for HBO Max on my TV or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, and yet... And so yeah, so they I get I guarantee you they make what five hundred million dollars off those extra people this year. Like why not? I, I bet that offsets most of the loss. I just I I think they missed an opportunity is where I'm going. You may be right for Disney to go and do that. Yeah, it might have been a lot smarter. Uh, let's move on to TV shows. So the third episode of Ted Lasso came out and was. As great as always, uh, always a fantastic episode. So this one, uh, they they previously alluded to Rebecca's her past with her friend Sassy, who was in, played by Ellie Taylor in the, previous, in the previous season, and then about how Sassy's daughter 
is uh, Rebecca's goddaughter and how she used to take her to tea all the time and she was very, you know, she was very sweet to her and then just kind of got wrapped up in her own life and moved on. And so you kind of see that, that she rekindles that friendship with the daughter. And so that was nice to kind of see because Rebecca constantly needs this kind of the melting of, you know, the hardest of what she's become. So this kind of adds mm-hmm. to that. Um, you're also seeing with the team, Jamie Tart is back. And it's there's a lot of rifts in the team, especially with Samuel Bisanya, because he was hardest to him. And then Nate, who is very uh, <laughs> not, he gets very excited whenever Jamie has a hard time. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I liked, I liked how they went through that. So Sam gets a deal with Dubai Air, which is a huge deal. That's their sponsor. And, you know, he's going to get money. He's trying to impress his dad. And his dad reminds him, actually, the, they're owned by an oil company that is destroying your country of Nigeria. So he ends up boycotting him, putting black tape over the name. And the rest of the team kind of follow after, you know, with the captain and Jamie Tart kind of following with them. And so you're starting to see the team starting to come together. But kind of the theme of this season is, is dads. How all these dads affected mm-hmm. these people and having a bad dad can do you know how it can hurt you it hurt jamie tart because his dad was so hard on him uh hurt sam obasani because his dad was so withholding and i feel like they're kind of alluding to with ted lasso they they briefly breezed over but about how his dad was a nice guy and at some point he's sitting down with that with the the psychiatrist to you know to go everything i mean it's it's happening it's it's coming to a boil and at some point he's going to sit down and we're going to get the full story about why, you know, the issues that Ted Lasso has with his dad and what, how it makes him the way he is. Yeah. And I, I would even expand that to parenting because, uh, they've made a big point to show, uh, Roy Kent kind of showing Rebecca, how he parents mm-hmm. uh, his niece and, and, and her with her, I guess, goddaughter. Yeah. Right? Goddaughter. Is the, is, yeah. is the, yeah. Uh, and so <clears throat> that's me kind of funny. He's just like, she, you don't have to, you know, be a, a, a coordinator, you know, a daily coordinator for these. You just need to let them be part of your lives. I love the line where he's like, "You want? To, hey, watch this. You want to come with me to my podiatrist? Yeah, Uncle Roy. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, see, <laughs> they don't care. They just want to be with you." Uh, and that was like that was a great scene. And then, um, and then, yeah, the the like you said, uh, our favorite new character I think I've ever seen, which is uh, Led Tasso, joined yeah. this week. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that guy. You ready for that guy? Oh no, no. <laughs> I just and like Coach Beard has to literally snap him out of it. <laughs> I, I, that's the part I like. He goes, "How long was I out? It doesn't matter. Just that you're back." <laughs> just, <laughs> that that line, and then the uh, oh my god, the uh, uh, what's Jamie Jamie Tart line where he sits down with the uh, psychiatrist. He's like, "So I'm just supposed to sit here and just talk about myself to you for hours?" She's like, "Yeah." Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was such a Jamie Tart thing. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh god, that's hilarious. Yeah, they they nailed it. And you're right. I mean, it was almost like a Black Lives Matter movement, you know, where where uh, Sam had to take the stand against everybody, and the whole team had to kind of, you know, quote unquote, kneel with them uh, and take that side. And I thought that was great. They of course didn't touch that really touchy subject. They went <laughs> with a different bad guy. I see, <laughs> to be I didn't, the company. But I didn't see. Yeah, I I didn't see it as a Black Lives Matter. I thought it was more of a corporate thing. I didn't uh, see it I'm as t- a social. I'm talking agenda. about the, the the teammates kneeling with him, or or not kneeling, but 
covering the, oh, the, the corporate greed with yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, I, but that, I, I saw. But there's a difference between social commentary and uh, making a statement against like a a, a corrupt company or not. Maybe not. I, no, the, yeah, company, it but, wasn't social commentary. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying they they kind of mirrored what was happening with that, but they changed it into their own way for the show. In fact, Jason Segel even said that he's like, we're gonna. We're going to touch on it kind of in our own way. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't a social commentary, but he makes a comment. Uh, Jamie Tart makes a comment to uh, Sam. Or no, Jason Stakis does. Like I, he says, I, I understand where, you know, this kind of commentary coming from a guy who looks like me doesn't really matter to most people. Yeah. He, he said that in the episode. Yeah. He's like, he's basically saying a white man. No one cares about a white man's fighting against this. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of Fair what they enough. were doing, but you're right. Yeah. They don't want to get too divisive. This is a comedy show. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but they also didn't want to say nothing. So yeah. that was kind of their roundabout way of doing it. But yeah, everybody's been getting better. That There was less from the uh, psychologist this episode. I mean, you did see her for a minute. But uh, I did like her asking about the lead tassel things. Have you done this before? Yeah. How many times has it worked? Uh, <laughs> they're like, well, we got 15% off at Chuck E. Cheese once. <laughs> yeah. Did they go on to explain who Chuck E. Cheese is to her? I thought that was You might call him Charles E. Cheesington. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was phenomenal. But, yeah, Ted Lasso uh, continues to be as strong as always. And I uh, can't wait for next week. Absolutely. Uh, so I kept hearing good things about this uh, documentary called Val, and it's about Val Kilmer, uh, who I, I I think we have talked about this before. I was a huge, huge Val Kilmer fan when I was a kid. Anything he came out with, uh, everyone I, was. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. But I mean, yeah, yeah, everyone. But was. I mean, I was fourteen watching the Island of Doctor Moreau, having God, having no idea what's happening, and I think my parents are like, "Okay, you watch it, you can't watch it." So they like, "All right, turn your head." Okay, now you can watch. It. Turn your head, and then the real McCoy, where there's where he's a spy or a, 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 a jewel thief with, uh, I think it was Kim Basinger. Like a lot of movies that were like way over my head, but just because it was him, I was in, and uh, so I was yeah. really looking forward to this. And I did not realize what had become with him. I always knew, like, I, I had heard he was, like, he was hard to work with was the thing. He was a, a, a difficult actor to work with. And in this, you kind of, I mean, it, it showed, he just really wanted to make good stuff, and he had a lot of issues. The Island of Dr. Moreau, what a, what a shit show that was. And then in Tombstone, I, I didn't know this. You had told me that uh, basically the director just left, and Kurt Russell ends up having to direct yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, that was that was absolutely wild. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and but I mean, he when you look at just what he did, like by the time I was, you know, eighteen, sixteen, eighteen, somewhere in there, like he, I mean, he'd done Top Gun, mm-hmm. Willow, The Doors, uh, True Romance, like you said, Real McCoy, Tombstone. He was in Batman, but no one's gonna blame him. Heat. <laughs> uh, well, he talks about Batman. He talks about Batman. He's like, they asked me to be Batman after Michael Keaton left. He's like, yeah, I didn't even read that. I didn't read the script. I didn't do anything. I just said, yeah. And then he gets on the set. He's like, it, it didn't matter who was in that suit. It didn't matter. Like he says, you, you got it there. It really didn't. Yeah. He said, you got there and they just, they're just standing your marks, say the words and let's move on. And he said, it had nothing to do with the person. He's like, that's why I left. I didn't, it, it was, there was not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the saint who goes to the darkness. Yeah, this guy by 2000 was one of the, probably the best, I don't want to say best, he was one of the biggest actors on the planet. Uh, and then sharply nosedived. 
<laughs> from 2000. I mean, literally, it ended with the Saints, and then I can name you, and I'm not gonna like 15. I'm at right now, yeah. 15 in a row where you're like, what? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Never heard of that. Never yeah. heard of that. <laughs> and then you get to kiss, kiss, bang, bang, and then right back down the rabbit hole into <laughs> into bad things. So, I, I saw yeah. the Salt and Sea. I saw the Salt and Sea, and uh, he was, was it good. He was good in it. The it was. You know, okay. I mean, it's been 20 years since I've seen the movie. It came out in 2002. It was it was an interesting story. I, I didn't... It, it's worth seeing. If you haven't seen it, I'll be honest. It, it's not going to change your life, but it was good and had a lot of people in it. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Vincent D'Onofrio, Luis Guzman, Adam Goldberg, Anthony Apaglia, Peter Sarsgaard. Like, there's... It's actors, you know, actors, actors, or actresses that are in it. <laughs> yeah. But it's... Yeah, uh, I... I know people liked Red Planet too. I was gonna say that, that's right in that it. same time frame you're talking about. Yeah. So I I, I don't think I ever saw it. I, I like. Yeah, I don't think I did either. Benjamin Bratt, Tom Sizemore, and Carrie Ann Moss were all in it right after Matrix. Uh, I think. It, Murder, but... Yeah, I think they had production issues and it didn't do very well, from what I understand. Okay. Okay. I I, just, I remember people saying it was kind of a cool sci-fi flick. Like it's worth. Yeah. Seeing in its own way. So. I mean, I even saw Wonderland, which. Uh, <laughs> it was it wasn't it wasn't bad it's a true story yeah well yeah it's about john holmes and how basically how mm-hmm. i think he I think it's how he died but it, i mean it's got a huge cast in it he's not really in it a ton but the cast goes on like val kilmer lisa kudrow christina applegate kate bosworth carrie fisher michael pitt dylan mcdermott uh josh lucas ted levine J- tim blake nelson like it's it's unreal like the the cast they got in it was just it wasn't what i expected uh, I think going in, mm-hmm. and that kind of threw me off. But uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It just was. But gotcha. I, I, yeah, I just stayed such a fan of his that, God, I wanted it to be good. I wanted him to come back, but it just, yeah, it struggled. Okay. Well, he'll be in the new Top Gun, so he's got something else coming out soon. Well, uh, so check what? out. So <laughs> I didn't realize this until uh, I saw the uh, the documentary. But he had throat cancer not too long ago. He was doing very well on Broadway, doing a one-act play with Mark Twain. Like, it was going everywhere. Like, it was about to be on Broadway. And he ends up coughing up blood, goes to the hospital, had to have a bunch of surgeries, and he has a tracheotomy now. Like, he talks out of a tracheotomy. Oh, all right then. Yeah. Uh, Didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. Apparently, this is fairly recent. (coughs) So, uh, Top Gun might have been... He might have finished filming Top Gun when he did it. Um, But it's... I, I got to tell you, it's worth seeing. It's a really, really good documentary. Basically, he like always had a camera with him his entire, you know, he just always walked around with a camera. And so there's this just footage and so much footage. And his son narrates the words that he, he writes. But it, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It was really good. You, I like behind the scenes kind of stuff. You get to see all these things. I mean, he just wanted to make good stuff. He was a really good actor. They wanted to make good things. And I... It's a shame, like, that he struggled in the midterms. He kind of got in the middle part of his career and got stuck with that uh, difficult yeah. to work with label. And that was during, I mean, it's killer. Yeah, and at certain parts of Hollywood, like you can't get out of that. Like once you're once it's done, like in the '90s, it's just you got that in the '80s and '90s. You just got stuck with that, and no one would work with you. And it kind of got stuck with him for a while. Well, and there's like a level of 
brilliance and how big you are at the moment that lets you get forgiven about certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I know it's kind of part of the whole method thing, but also like I remember uh, Jared Leto and uh, or no, was Val Kilmer the one that sent snakes to Angelina Jolie? I don't think so. When they're filming Alexander. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Uh, wasn't he in Alexander? He was Am in I... Alexander. Yeah. Yeah. So he and he played a kind of a villainous role, right? I don't know. I tried watching that movie. It was really bad. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's somebody. I think he was the one who was like uh, like abusive towards Angelina Jolie's character. Oh, okay. And then she got like quote unquote saved and by out whoever whoever doesn't matter but point was he was abusive he's, he's evil too so yeah he uh he was like staying character and he wanted he and angelina jolie to have that like sense of fear about him while they filmed because he thought that'd be important for them so he mailed her snakes but she didn't know were in the box <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> she opened that it. was not in the documentary <laughs> yeah she's like oh my god <laughs> snake, came out, snake came out of the deal yeah and so she's like i was legitimately terrified of this guy <laughs> when we saw him oh, she's like fair. but 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 she as weird as she is is like it worked i liked it i'm glad he did it it worked it was great i'm like whoa <laughs> okay whoa that's All not right. the reaction i'd have had <laughs> yeah actors are weird people man uh, especially those two yeah. but yeah i i it's on amazon um I highly recommend it. It was it was really good. It was really good. I mean, it's there's a sadness to it because you know you see the thing, but he doesn't. It doesn't seem to slow him down. Like, he just seems like a happy guy. But I, yeah, highly recommend watching that. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Uh, next on the list is White Lotus. Now you you bastard, you didn't watch the so you didn't watch Green Knight. You didn't watch the newest episode of White Lotus. What what would you say you do here? Yeah. uh man it's uh yeah it's tough it's a uh, first week of school so uh i was i was cutting lamination <laughs> Fair enough. all week for the kindergarten wife but uh that's what i did uh but no you're right uh i i want to see the newest episode of uh white lotus but she wanted me to wait for her so so i waited and i ended up watching i'm not gonna say i'm proud of it but maybe six episodes of manifest at least <laughs> So uh, that's that's been my new binge show on Netflix, and uh, just because it got picked back up, and it's been fun. It's been pretty good. It's it's very much ripping off Lost uh, in that way of there's some giant mystery going on that you're having to solve, and they give you a little piece of it each episode, and there's like you know 50 possible characters in this show, so each episode they kind of gives you the backstory of one of them, you know, and how they ended up on the flight kind of a thing instead of on the island you know yeah uh so but overall the mystery and everything it's been fun and it's it's short so it's you know i think we talked about it, it's like 13 episodes a season so it's it's been pretty good I, I put it up there with like you know this is my animal kingdom you know what i mean okay. this is my this, this is my guilty pleasure show but apparently lots of people watching that and uh you know got it renewed so yeah. good for them right. yeah fair enough um yeah it's got a 7.1 on imdb which means it's an eight so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and because it's it's sci-fi, but it's not supernatural like Lost was. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, it, supernatural. They disappear and then reappear five years later in an airplane. But apparently, where you're going, where where it appears to be going, is that there's a scientific explanation and uh, as to why that happened. In a conspiracy, like a government test sort of way. So, what I mean is, no god, devil. Uh, nothing like that it's okay. people and science using science fiction but not 
not supernatural stuff. I got you. All right. Well, that is all we have for what we're watching. Uh, We will be back with uh, coming attractions after this message from our sponsor. Uh, Welcome back. It is now time for coming attractions, which we actually have quite a few. There's a bunch of trailers that came out recently, and there's a ton that looks good. Uh, One of the first things is coming to Netflix on, it says November 3rd, is The Harder They Fall. Uh, when an outlaw discovers his enemy is being released from prison, he reunites his gang to seek revenge in this western. Uh, the cast is awesome. Idris Elba, Zazie Beetz, Jonathan Majors, Lakeith Stanfield, Regina King, Eddie Gathigi, I think I'm saying that right, Delroy Lindau, um, that's about all I'm seeing that I know, and then Tate Fletcher, by the way, is in every, do you ever notice that guy's in everything? He's always a bad guy, he's always the muscle guy, but he is in absolutely everything. I have ever since like the first Ocean's Eleven. I feel like I've seen him over and over and over and things. Usually as a cameo, just to get beat <laughs> by somebody. Uh, but yeah, he's in everything. Yeah, uh, but so he'll be in that. But yeah, have you seen the the trailer trailer for this one yet? I have. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. This this looks fantastic to me. Yeah, I can't wait for this. It looks like a little bit of an overtop western, but it sounds like a good time. Uh, the director and writer is James Samuel. The only thing I've seen he's directed is a Jay-Z video legacy. They Die by Dawn is the other one, which is four outlaws with a bounty on, on each head set a date for a shootout in Langston, Oklahoma. The last man takes the collective bounty violence and mayhem ensue. Uh, I got a 5.0 on, on IMDb. But it, I think Giancarlo Esposito, Rosario, Rosario Dawson, Kelly Hugh, Michael Kenneth Williams. Bokeem mm-hmm. Woodbine, Isaiah Washington. Like, he got a bunch of people for that. And I guess Erica Badu. Okay. Uh, it looks like this is kind of a precursor to that. It's kind of get, got him ready for it. And I don't know. Looks good. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally into it. And just just looking at the, you know, that scene where she's wearing the mask, getting ready to rob the stage coast, mm-hmm. coach, and all you see are Regina's eyes. Can, can anybody... I act more than her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, between that and uh, uh, the last one we just got, what was it? The uh, Watchmen? Yeah. Oh, my God. The woman, the woman, uh, yeah, the woman's amazing. Well, but, uh, her, right, and, I, her and Tom Hardy are going to do a movie where they wear a mask the entire time and just eye, just eye act each other. <laughs> I act all the time. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's unreal. I mean, I think, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Denzel Washington, when he made The Bone Collector. Do you remember that movie? Yeah, where he's he's a quadriplegic. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, man, he goes, I had to learn how to act with my eyes <laughs> alone. And he goes, I had to spend like a month just learning how to act with just your eyes. He goes, it's the weirdest, you know, thing to have to do as an actor. But uh, he goes, I think it helped me with a whole lot of my other roles after that. <laughs> uh, but I thought, yeah, that's true. Like you got to your your face and your eyes have to get all your emotion across without any. You know, how much do you use your arms and everything else to, to, to support your acting? It's pretty wild. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this is this cast. I mean, my God, it is it is loaded. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's solid. The trailer looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, just a fun action adventure. Uh, I can't wait for it. It's a little... and, and every one of them could hold their own movie as an actor. Yeah. I mean, this is this is yeah, this is a great cast. That's an insane cast, man. That's an insane cast. So yeah, that'll be exciting. Uh, the next one on the list 
also looks really good. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for this, but the card counter. Uh, a Redemption is the long game, and Paul Schrader's the card counter. Told with Schrader's trademark cinematic intensity, the revenge thriller, thriller tells the story of an ex-military interrogator turned gambler haunted by the ghost of his past. Uh, that sounds terrible, but when you see the trailer, it looks a lot better. It sounds <laughs> That's a terrible synopsis from IMDb, but... Uh, it stars Oscar, Oscar Isaac, Willem Dafoe, Ty Sheridan, underrated Tiffany Haddish, and uh, it's written and directed by Paul Schrader, uh, known for he wrote Taxi Driver and Raging Bull, and then directed. Um, actually, I don't think I've seen any of his direct. I don't know if I saw any of his movies he's directed. I don't know. Do I have to keep pretending Tiffany Haddish is great? I don't, have a, I don't have a problem with her. I don't have a problem with her, but I don't think she's good. Uh, she's loud. That's cool, yeah. I guess. Uh, that's it. Like, I saw her. She's really funny and different in a movie that I hadn't seen before. And then I saw her, you know, her, saw her voice act or heard her voice yeah. act <laughs> and a few things. I'm like, yeah, also fine. But uh, then just got old fast. I don't know. Just that same, I'm really loud. Yeah, they just got really old really fast. I'm like, all right, okay, now now try just being funny, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, just not not a big fan. But right, uh, William Defoe's in it, yeah. so I'm gonna watch it because that guy's that's yeah, you know, it's just something about the guy that makes you want to watch what he's in. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, Oscar in, Isaac but... and Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan's underrated, man. He he's a oh, young God, actor yeah, yeah. who's like. I mean, Ready Player One was fantastic. Mud, I heard, was really good. I never got to see it. I thought he did a good job as Cyclops and X-Men Apocalypse. There's not too much you could do with that movie. That it's, That's a bummer. Um, but, yeah, I yeah, think he's super talented. Yeah, we just saw Mud for the second time uh, the other day. Really? That was, that was a, that's a good flick. Yeah. I heard Joe is good, too, with him and Nick Cage. Yeah, I tell you what, i got to watch Pig with Nick Cage. Everyone's talking about how good it is. I keep hearing that too. Yeah. I have no desire to see it, but everybody keeps talking about it. So I'm like, oh, do I have to? I think I have to. I think you have to. Yeah, like, I'm gonna watch that. Oh, God, never uh, thought I'd say that. Yeah, I mean, I like. I don't know. I don't have a problem with Nick. I think he was always a good actor. He just kind of, I don't know. His, his debts got to him. I guess apparently is what happened. But uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. That's why he started making like he just started making any movie. Was like he had all these debts and just. Because he like he would just buy a lot of Elvis yeah, stuff and Superman stuff, and then just kind of walked away. I tell you what, I still want to see. Did you ever? I think you've seen this too. That documentary about the Superman movie that Tim Burton was going to yep. make with Nicolas Cage as Superman. Yeah. And for the longest time, it got made fun of because you see the picture of Nick Cage in the Superman outfit, and it looks weird without the context. But then you hear what the story's going to be about, and it sounded amazing. This is the one that uh, Kevin Smith was the writer on. No? He, I think he took the first pass at writing it, mm -hmm. and then it got, it got rewritten into a bunch of stuff where it ends up wasn't really his, his right. story anymore. But uh, yeah, that's the one. All okay, right. Well, next we have <laughs> Cry Macho, the new Clint Eastwood movie. A one-time rodeo star and washed-up horse breeder takes a job to bring a young man's son home and away from his alcoholic mom. On their journey, the horseman finds redemption through teaching the boy what it means to be a good man. You know, care. if someone's going to teach you what it is to be a good man, Clint Eastwood's a guy. Yeah, uh, I don't care. <laughs> this, this, this I is, guess. I saw the trailer. Eh, man, I don't care. Yeah, and he's 91. 
Uh, at some point, can he retire and enjoy life? <laughs> He's not going to retire and enjoy life. Because kind of, what would he do? Yeah, this is what he does to enjoy life, I guess. The last time he but, retired, uh, he ran for mayor of his town and won. Because they wouldn't, they didn't, wouldn't do something with the curb or some other thing. There was some problem with the curb or something. And the, the local uh, mayor and everybody was kind of ambivalent to the people's needs. And so he ran, won, and was like mayor for like four years. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's right? a movie. Do that movie. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think like I assume there's people that want to do a Clint Eastwood biopic, but he keeps doing stuff, and he's like 90, and usually by that time you can. I mean, they did one on uh, just I'm. I think Ali was still alive when they did his. Uh, who was the Elton John? They did one on him. He's still alive, but yeah, Clint Eastwood. You don't know what he could do next, and so you can't have. I, I guess they could make the movie and then have an in credit scene where it. For the Clint Eastwood universe, but I don't know. <laughs> oh God, uh, yeah. Well, and the thing is, he's he's been doing good stuff at the end. It's not like, I mean, American Sniper was fantastic just a few years back. Trouble yeah. with the Curve, Gran Torino, The Mule is the only one that I haven't seen uh, that he's done like pretty much ever. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I ever saw that. Did you see that? I didn't. My parents saw it. They said they enjoyed it. They didn't see any Clint Eastwood movie. They enjoyed it, but uh, okay. I don't know. I mean, take from that what you will of Pistol and Babs like a movie. So Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, the next one, we finally got a trailer. We had talked about this before for yeah. the FX series coming out, Why the Last Man, based off of one of the most critically acclaimed uh, comic books of all time. Uh, set in a post-apocalyptic world, Y is the last surviving male human on the planet, based on the comic series. Uh, the only person I really know in it is Diane Lane, Olivia Thurlby, and I, that's mm-hmm. about it. I think that's all I've... Uh, Missy Pyle, my former neighbor from Houston. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the only people I know, uh, but I'm going to watch it. Uh, I've never read the comic. Everyone raves about what a great comic it is. This looks good. Like it could be interesting. Like the action looks pretty good. It does. I'm glad we're both going into this not knowing anything about yeah. about it. Uh, so Agent Three Fifty Five is supposed to be kind of the main character. She looks like uh, a badass I, I, in the preview, played by Ashley yeah, Romans. She, she looks like a real badass. Yeah, she did. So she's yeah. I'm, I'm looking really forward to seeing this. Which is you know again, I was really ambivalent towards this getting made. I, you know, like you said, I, I've heard it was good, but. That doesn't mean once it becomes a show, you're going to like it. You know what I mean? And I think you and I had talked about a while back that this was originally supposed to be a, a movie. And with Timothy Chalamet, uh-huh. who's going to play Y, and Diane Lane and, and Olivia Thurlby were in it. Um, but then they decided to turn it into a series for a number of reasons, I believe. Um, and that makes sense. That's a lot of story. Yeah, yeah, I think it probably would. I think it is probably better as a series, just from the scope of what I've seen of it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. It, the the trailer did a lot. <laughs> the yeah. trailer looked really good. It, I didn't realize quite how dark it was. It looks like all the guys die from, uh, I guess, a disease. Because yeah. I think it shows them coughing blood and stuff. So that just happens overnight, which diseases don't do. So that's interesting. Um, the, but overall, yeah, this will be too. fun to watch. What's that? I said the good ones do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is uh, 
Yeah, Diane Lane, she'll make a perfect president. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely down for seeing this. September, we're only we're only a month away. Yeah. September yeah, 13th. A few of these. Yeah, Cry Macho comes out September 17th, if I didn't say that, and Card Counter is September 10th. Um, <laughs> coming even earlier on August 27th is Together. This does not sound like something I would really be enjoying, but it's a husband and wife are forced to reevaluate themselves and their relationship through the reality of the COVID-19 lockdown. Now, I remember when last year when we were talking about this, we're like, there's going to be a bunch of these movies, which turned out there weren't that many of them, uh, and they're all going to be annoying. And this sounds terrible. But the main people in it, well, really the only people in it, are James McAvoy and Sharon Horgan, cast as he and she. That's it. Just these two. And, it's two uh, of my favorite people. Yeah. I mean, those are two really good actors. And so any other way, I don't think I would be intrigued. But now I very much am. Yeah. She, she does this great job of playing this character that's very real but also you can't shock her with anything <laughs> you know what i mean just just like she's she's like one of the guys you know what i mean in a good way like yeah she just she's gonna be i think she could really hold her own with james back away like they could be a fun this could be fun to watch mm-hmm. yeah I, I i didn't even know about this until you sent this to me and i'm i'm very excited about it it looks like somehow people have already already rated it don't know how that 743 happens. Uh, people rated it with a 7.3 uh i mean it looks like it's already got on the poster it's already got some uh you know buzzword clips uh, reviews that they put on there and so it might have been a few releases here and there but i don't know uh it's 7.3 on imdb 743 people i take from that what you will but i like both these people so i'm intrigued uh, I don't know. It looks like it's coming out in movies. I don't see it being streamed on anything, so that might be kind of hard to find because I don't imagine this being a big... I mean, it's not going to be a big blockbuster, so... This guy takes some really weird big swings, too, in a good way. He did uh, Utopia, which came out a while back. Who, um, which, what guy? Uh, the guy who wrote uh, who wrote this. Dennis together. Kelly. Uh, Dennis Kelly, yeah. So he, uh, he did Utopia, and he did The Third Day, which was really interesting uh wild out there crazy so is utopia so uh yeah is this, i am interested to seeing how he does a small non-concept show you know what i mean because these were these were both very high concept pulling he also wrote i know nothing about it though so that might be closer to what we're about to get but it has an eight and it's a huge uk comedy hit it looks like mm-hmm. um i don't know oh sharon horgan's in it there you go so he's worked with her before uh okay no, I'm excited. I'm in. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the next one comes out September 10th uh, on Netflix, and we just got a trailer for that recently. It's called Kate. A uh, female assassin has 24 hours to get vengeance on her murderer before she does. So we had talked about this, I think it was last week, how basically after John Wick, everyone and their mom is starting to throw one of those movies uh, at us. Jolt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so some of them are great. Uh, Gunpowder Milkshake was a lot of fun. A little ridiculous, but a lot of fun. And then some have been, yeah, Jolt does not look good. But this one, <laughs> this one's it. got Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. And I basically will watch anything she's in. I'm, I'm yep. intrigued immediately because I feel like she's one of the most underrated actors uh, out there. It's also got Woody Harrelson. And I like, I, I never knew how to say this guy's name, Tabanobu Asano. Uh, you've seen him in a lot of stuff. 
There's just saying things now. No, he's Hogan and Thor, and he pops up here and there okay. and stuff. And um, uh, he's he's pretty good. I can't remember what else I've seen him in, but I see him pop up every once in a while. And he does a good job. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I mean, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winston. I agree with you. I think she's she's one of the best actresses in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Don't know that I really want to see her play another tough guy <laughs> after Birds of Prey. I feel like it was fine when there was a little comedy to it. I don't yeah. really need to see her play ultimate tough guy, but whatever. Um, yeah, I'm wasn't, in. I see the, right here she was in Mortal Kombat. I don't remember that. Mary Liz Weinstein was in Mortal Kombat? Yeah, as Lord Raiden. What? Where are you oh, no, I'm sorry. It, 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 I clicked on one thing and it sent me to another. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Weird. She's got range. It's, I think she could pull it off. It's it's Tana... It's Tanahobu Osano who uh, played Lord Raiden. So okay. <laughs> definitely not not uh, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. So uh, that's good. Uh, that would have been a scary form of whitewashing. Uh, but uh, but no. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna watch it because it looks kind of fun and it looks like it's a cool uh, aesthetic to the whole movie. Uh, it's something a little bit different. I don't know anything about this director, Cedric Nicholas Troyan. Um, he did do the Huntsman Winter's War, which actually I liked. Um, I'll admit it. I liked yeah. that movie. It was unnecessary, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and I and I get why he would have signed on to do it. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, yeah. that's. I'll give it a shot. It's also got, uh, I, I thought it was Michael, um, might be Michelle, uh, Husman, who has, he's starting to kind of come up and be in a lot of stuff. He, would, he played... Um, Dario in Game of Thrones. I think he was the second Dario after the first one left for, I don't know, some reason. Um, he was an Orphan Black, Nashville. Like, he's in a lot of things, but some stuff, like, I never watched Nashville. I haven't seen Orphan Black, but I've heard it's amazing. Um, it is. The, the Haunting of Hill House. He was in that. Um, the Flight Attendant, I haven't seen. Some people really like it. I, I haven't seen it. I don't know. But I keep seeing he's kind of, like, building up some cachet, and so... If I ever watched any of the stuff he actually did, I might know him, but I uh, I just know that he's, he's starting to pop up in a lot of things that a lot of people seem to like. You didn't see Haunting of Hill House? I saw it, but I don't remember which one he was. Oh, okay. Did yeah, we... he was he was the dad, wasn't he? In the first... Nope, nope, nope. He was not. When they're, he was not. When they're younger? When they're younger, it's uh, E.T., the kid from E.T. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's he must be the brother uh but yeah it's uh everything he's in is great uh that i've seen him in i mean the flight attendants what i saw him in and he was great um haunting of hill house yes i do remember him now being in that now that i saw a picture of it um and game of thrones yeah game of thrones is where i knew him from i only watched like the first season of orphan black um and i really really liked it and i don't remember why i never finished it to be totally honest with you i think just life got in the way back when I was traveling all the time and it wasn't streaming on anything. So I just didn't have a way to watch it anymore. Um, and I, I think that's really all it was, but I, I would be interested in getting back and finishing that series out. Cause I heard it had a pretty great ending. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's got, it's how the world got introduced to Tatiana Maslany, who is really, yeah. really talented. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, just one. by the, the end of the first season, uh, you know, by the end of the first season, she's playing like four or five of the main characters. Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> and, and and it's not 
it does she does there are a couple characters that go kind of caricature almost of said character like that person's version of that character but for the most part they're nuanced individual characters and really good and really different and they're not like oh this is the italian tatiana you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like they're they're, they're, they're all, you know, yeah for real i mean that's that's really where they could have gone with that pretty quickly to be yeah. honest with you when when they have too many versions of it but uh they didn't she just by again by the end of the first she's doing five characters very convincingly and can switch from one to the other and it and you and you follow it perfectly yeah uh the next one we we've been hearing about this one for a while just got the release or the trailer release house of gucci comes out november 24th and it is loaded so this is a ridley scott movie so go see that um and it stars Adam Driver, Jared Leto, who is unrecognizable, Selma Hayek, Lady Gaga, Al Pacino, Jeremy Irons, Jack Houston. Uh, that's about all the ones I know. But yeah, if you haven't seen this, you just go to IMDb and see the pictures. Everyone, everyone's Italian because it's the House of Gucci. But if you see Jared Leto, you would have no idea it's him. That's fine. <laughs> he, he, he always does that. Uh, no, 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 no. Have you seen what he looks like? I did, yeah. He really is unrecognizable. Uh, no, you're, you're totally right. By the way, uh, I'm glad that this happened because I was wrong. Jared Leto's the one who sent the snakes to the uh... actors when he was playing Joker in the first Suicide Squad. Uh, so he, he mailed snakes that had been to devenomed. Who? who did he mail them to? Uh, uh, to a couple cast members, it says. Yeah, that sounds uh, more like Leto than Kilmer. Yeah, Boy, yeah, you yeah. got a lot of the things wrong on that. No, 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 no. But but Kilmer <laughs> did bring a snake and scare Angelina Jolie with it on set. So I'm not total. I wasn't totally out there. They both did do something. But the one who actually did the mailing was Jared Leto. I so feel like I'm, bringing a I'm, set to snake is way different than shipping snakes to your cast members ahead of time. But but Jared Leto did do that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, uh, I, I believe you. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. it would. From Val Kilmer to Jared Leto, from Alexander yeah. to Suicide Squad, there's a lot going on. Yeah, no, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of mailing and shipping of animals. Uh, this is this is hard to keep up with. In fact, he he mailed uh, Margot Robbie a rat. So uh, so Jared Leto likes to to mail terrifying animals to people. So don't accept any mail from him. I'm going sh- um, to ship sea monkeys to you. <laughs> uh, but uh, House of Gucci, yeah. I, it's weird because I have no desire to, with the story. Yeah, I've noticed, I I don't care at all to learn anything more about Gucci. But uh, the actor, the the guy, you know, Rid, the fact is Ridley Scott. Yeah, and then the the cast and crew seem to be in like rare form. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and all worth watching, you know, on, on screen. I mean, you get you know way down the list and you're still getting to italian actors that you're going to be excited to see and, yeah. and young jack houston and uh there, there's all kinds of people that yeah are going to be worthwhile so i'll probably end up seeing it unless it just gets totally banned yeah uh i mean no i'm gonna go see it i'm gonna go see it <laughs> uh all right and last on the list cop shop oh no it took me <laughs> 30 attempts to figure out what the heck you were saying <laughs> it's time for cop shop uh yeah so, a Joe Carnahan movie, you know him from uh, The A-Team and uh, Smoking Aces awesome. and, as a director, and then Boss Level, which I did not see. 
Uh, a small town police station becomes the unlikely battleground between a professional hitman, a small, a smart female rookie cop, and a double-crossing con man who seeks refuge behind bars with no place left to run. It stars Jerry Butler, Frank Grillo, in all his Grillo-ness, Toby Huss as a creepy assassin, uh, Tate Fletcher, who's back again. I'm telling you, we're going to start doing a Tate watch on all these things. And introducing, uh, it says introducing in the trailer, Alexis Louder as uh, the cop. I'm I'm in. Like, there's so, oh my god, the trailer. It's so ridiculously fantastic. I can't wait to watch it. Cop shot. I am extremely excited. So yeah, you you, bla- you blazed through a few things. Yeah, he did Narc, Smoke and Aces, The A-Team, The Gray, which people, many people say should have been called The Brown, uh, The Blacklist. Eh, all right, fine. And then, uh, yeah, Boss Level. People but love he's The also Blacklist. Ma- <laughs> What's that? People love the blacklist. I never saw it, but people love. No, it. yeah, yeah. It's it was good. It was just weird because certain episodes were insanely dark, uh, and uh, on ABC, so it just threw people off. <laughs> uh, yeah, but but he's also making the raid. Cool. Uh, with Garrett with Garrett De- Gareth Evans. Yeah. Uh, they, they wrote it together, and and they're and he's going to be the actual director of it. I. Don't think well, they've yeah. cast anybody the U- yet. The U.S. version, the the <clears throat> yeah yeah he's going to do the, the U.S. Version. version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and Gareth Evans are going to do the U.S. version, which I'm excited about. Uh, I'd love to see what they do with that. And then, I mean, Boss Level alone was great. Uh, but yeah, the Cop Shop uh, trailer uh, you sent me, and man, did that make my day. Yeah, <laughs> Cop Shop. <laughs> yeah, Ger- Gerard Butler. Uh, looks just to be as as great as he's ever been uh and then toby haas looks like he's gonna absolutely steal it why won't you watch halt and catch fire i'm gonna you seen the, no you're not i've seen the first two episodes like twice and then both times I was like, eh. <laughs> and I felt, i'll find a way to watch it again all right uh i but uh yeah that, uh, toby haas is gonna definitely steal it fine all right that is all we have for coming attractions. We will be back later this week with the news. See you then.